you know, the running game was a little blocked up in the first quarter. It wasn't until they started throwing some short little passes on first down. That clearly unlocked something. That made Kentucky kind of have to respect that. And the minute they started to kind of have to respect the possibility of a first down pass, that was when the running game exploded. And it never stopped after that. What's up, Georgia fans? You are listening to episode 117 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. We are discussing the Georgia versus Kentucky. Well, this is the postgame show. Georgia wins 42-13, to and it wasn't really that close in the second half. And I'm recording this right now on my iPhone because I realized... The postgame show is getting out a little bit late, so uh, just a heads up on that. Sorry about the delay. Sorry about the informal approach on this intro, but uh, one quick heads up, audio quality. We recorded this via Skype, and Tony's internet was a little bit dodgy, so to speak, so bear with us on that, but hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving week, and uh, here's Will to kick us off. 42... To 13 gentlemen and a score that is an easy, looks easy, and the second half was easy. Was there a point early on where anyone was nervous? I was a little nervous briefly just because it was a little choppy, but once, and I think that ugly early interception, which we've seen a couple of times now, but once, you know, once they kind of got on top of this, it was exactly the type of game you wanted it to be. They just ran it down their throat in the second half for an easy win. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't feel like there was ever a point where I was really nervous. I just was maybe frustrated because it was clear from early on. I mean, we talked last week about, you know, if we get a lead, are we going to see any passing? And we, look, we, I, I have to accept, and maybe we have to accept that we are a running football team. We're a run first, run always, almost always, and that's just the team we are. And um, you know, I think we only threw on first down three or four times. We looked really effective when we did it, but. We had something like 30 first downs and threw 20. I ran 26 of those times. Fine. That's that's the team we are. Um, I, the, and what we saw in Auburn is the product of, of that. I think partially the product of that. Um, but, you know, it's fine. We we dominated a team that we, we should have dominated. And we went back to looking like the team we looked the first nine weeks of the season. There's no reason to be upset by that. I was nervous right before Nizelec punted the ball. And I was nervous when I thought he was really, really bad hurt. But it's funny how last week we were doomed on that penalty where Walker jumped over the guy. And then this week it was kind of the catalyst when we got a free first down, you know, first and 15 penalty. And then we go on to score. And I think that was when I started to slowly lose my nervousness after that. And it's all on special teams right there. Yeah, not for nothing, but especially it was nice today, by the way. Uh, and but well, not for nothing. Sure, we're a running team. There's no question about that. But, you know, the running game was a little blocked up in the first quarter. It wasn't until they started throwing some short little passes on first down. They were just kind of easy slants. That that clearly unlocked something. That made Kentucky kind of have to respect that. And the minute they started to kind of have to respect the possibility of a first down pass, that was when the running game exploded. And it never stopped after that. Yeah, and then I think the other the other side is that the defense played a, a good game. I don't think they played their anywhere close to even a top five game. Um, there were still some missed tackles. Um, you know that long pass, we just got out of position. Um, 
uh, but you know, for, uh, overall, yeah. you know, Benny Snell is good. By the way, Benny Snell is good. Like he's better. No, than no, I but, yeah, he was. But hold, holding him under 100 yards, I think, was a pretty big yeah. deal in my mind because uh, he he had some pretty good runs. There were a couple of times where we did a really good job when you got to the second level of holding him to four to six yards when it looked like he was going to go for 10 or 12. Um, but you know, uh, overall, I don't. I never really felt nervous. I mean, Scott, I heard you say you felt a little nervous. I think that was probably. You know, them driving down and getting field – well, they got a field goal on the turnover the first time. Them, them driving down was holding – only holding them to field goal. It did evoke a little bit of emotion of what happened last week at Auburn where they drove down three times in a row and got field goals. But, yeah, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of the, the Nizalek penalty, the penalty where they, they rough Nizalek, that that was a little bit of a catalyst because I think it gave uh, – I don't know if it shook them out of a stupor or whatever. We just – we, we played much better football outside of that first drive coming out of uh, halftime where they, they drove right down and scored. And I think it's also undervalued how significant Javon Wims has been to Jake Fromm this year. I mean, that dude will put his feet in the right spot, right on. I mean, I know that they, they reversed that call where it, I mean, it could have gone either way, but you know, he had one against South Carolina. I mean, he'll do, he'll catch these back shoulder throws. I think if, if, if not for whims yesterday, I'm not so sure that the passing game opens up, which then leads the floodgates opening to uh, the running game. I still think we win, but I mean, I, I just feel like, uh, you know, with whims being a senior and everything, and you know, he caught the touchdown. Funny thing, all scores were made by seniors. Yeah. Um, you know, huh. Sony had three, Chubb had two and Wims had one and then Aaron Davis with the pick. So it was a great way to go out on senior. I didn't really finish my thought, but you know, I think Wims is kind of undervalued this year is, uh, his go-to receiver. Yeah. I saw some splits on Fromm's passing earlier, maybe on Thursday or Friday that, uh, Fromm throwing to the left is super efficient. I mean, something like 70% of his passes, but when he goes to the right or in the middle and to the left, when he goes to the right, he is, you know, down in the forties. And it was interesting. They also, where I saw this also split out, um, who he's thrown the most passes to on the left is whims. Uh, he is something like, you know, whims is something like 22 catches on 29 targets. We're on the right. It was like, I think it was Godwin and, uh, Hardeman, maybe one other it was like 24 targets. And, you know, 11 catches. So, it, you know, I'm not, and I'm not by, mo- by no means am I blaming the receivers there because I think if you, you watch, you watch Ron pass, he is more comfortable throwing, especially to the right side. But having whims over there makes a difference because that was a, even though he was probably out of bounds or maybe dropped the ball, that was a heck of a play. It was a really athletic play even to make them go to review. Yeah, I, I want to get back to the seniors thing. You know, I think that we forget because it's year two of the Kirby Smart era. And so much of that, so much of the excitement, even with the frustrations of last year, has been based on this idea of a guy that's recruiting so well and is stacking classes on top of one another. And to me, one of the fun things, the fact that this team has 10 wins. And by the way, Georgia fans, you got you got a coach that gets you 10 wins again. So there we go. We got that. We got that going on. Uh, but the, the excitement of having a team that's having all the success, one of the reasons is, 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 that, is that it's never felt like a fluke. It's never felt like, oh, this is just a year where everything's flying around uh, and everything's going just right because so many of the classes are being stacked together. Recruiting classes have been so good. Uh, the coaching staff has made positive movements. So, so much of this, our excitement is based on what's happening in the future and what this new coaching staff is doing. But it is worth noting that you're right, Scott. All, the seniors scored all the points in this game. The seniors were one of the reasons we were so excited coming into this year was because Sony was coming back and Chubb was coming back and, and so much 
much uh, so much of those seniors are going to be back. For all of the fun that this year has been and all the excitement we have for the young players of the future, just the idea of that the seniors had this game, I think this was a special class, not just coming back, but like clearly – it was exciting for me to see the seniors have this moment when it's difficult for them. They didn't sign up. They didn't sign to go to Georgia to start with Mark Richt and end with somebody else. And that's what happened. And not only did they thrive in that environment, but they've really set something up for even more exciting for the future. So that was a pretty cool thing to see. I uh, have all that happen on senior day. Well, the, the thing that was interesting to me about the, the, the seniors and I, Scott, I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it a second ago, was that um, this also was the, you know, a little bit of class, the, the, the incoming, uh, the class of 13, who was kind of the disaster class, if you look at it that way, the one that uh, in 15, all the articles were written about. Well, what about or what if? And, you know, that's the one Trey Matthews was in and he left and, um uh, journeyman cornerback. Um, I can't remember his name now. Plays for Tennessee now. Uh, plays for Louisville. Yeah, Shaq Wiggins. Uh, journeyman quarterback Shaq Williams. Wiggins. Uh, you know uh, who's the guy that played for Mississippi State this year? I mean, he started out in that class. So it it was a really good feel good moment for for this particular senior day, considering kind of the narrative of this class when they were incoming freshmen. Is there anything more? Because like it was fine. This game, it felt like frankly, the games of the rest of this season. <laughs> it didn't feel like the yeah. Blitzkrieg. It didn't feel like the we are stomping on your neck like the Florida game or the Tennessee game. It felt like we're clearly better and we're just going to pull away from you in the second half, which is exciting, and that's what we wanted. You know, That's, that's the rebound that you wanted after that difficult Auburn game. So now you've got one more before this starts getting super serious. Um, is there anything more you want to talk about in the Kentucky game other than that that's what it was. This was a Georgia in 2017 win, which was a relief after that ugliness of last week. This is kind of a wish. I just wish that they could have played how they did, you know, in the latter part of the second quarter and then the complete second half, just the entire game, you know, like, and what I mean by that is, you know, like little things, uh, you know, just being, cause Malcolm Parrish, I mean, he was a senior too, but he, he kind of got torched, um, you know, his play in the first quarter where you thought he was going to pick the ball and then he just kind of mistimed his jump and then let the guy um, catch the ball over him. I'd like to see more plays. And I know it was borderline uh, like Deandre Walker going suplex on uh, the Kentucky quarterback, uh, you know, with them just getting all over them with the defense. That's how they're going to need to play against Georgia tech from the opening kick. Yeah, I think tackling, if you want to point to something, I think tackling is going to have to be much uh, better against Tech because, you know, that, that's, that's what Tech thrives on. They thrive on making you miss in places, and, 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 and they really do thrive on creating the mismatches that, that allows them to go for instead of four yards, eight yards, because keeping them behind the chains is going to be so important because, you know, they're going to be in their cut block and they're going to do their thing. But Otherwise, um, you know, the, the, the last thing I would take away from the Kentucky game is like I felt like we had a game plan. Uh, we had a game plan. We stuck to that game plan. The game plan all along was we know we can out physical you at some point. You're going to want to give up the ghost. And, you know, we I've, I've been reluctant to, to draw the Alabama comparison. But frankly, it looked like it looked like random Alabama game for the past few years. Right. You take an overmatched opponent. It's an interesting halftime talking point and then you score 30 unanswered points and in pilot 300 yards in the second half when the other team only gets 120 yards yeah that's a good point 
so there we are. We are ten and one. Ten and one. Ten win seasons have returned, as I said. Happy to be back to a it, ten win season. And you know what else returned? The noon kickoff. Noon kickoff. The noon kickoff <laughs> is back. Thank you. Speaking of things that Georgia Tech do well, well, another thing they do well is get stomped by Duke right before they play Georgia. Absolutely stomped by Duke last week. Uh, apparently, I, I was reading some Georgia uh, Tech fan sites, and they said that the second half of that game was like as, as bad as they had ever remembered uh, Georgia Tech play. So there's that coming up. So it's an it's a noon game. It's a noon game on Saturday, uh, which which is you know it's fine like. We'll all get back in time. We'll, we'll all be able to uh, to watch Auburn, Alabama, uh, once we get out of there. But uh, and we, I won't be on the preview uh, show this week. Uh, we're may, we'll, maybe we'll figure something out. We'll, we haven't figured that out yet. But uh, is there how much do we want to touch on Georgia Tech now? Because uh, it's one more, like one more, one more win, and uh, and one more avoid a disaster, and then we can roll the dice in the SEC championship game, which to me is all anyone could have possibly hoped for out of the season. I can't argue with that. I mean, we, we still have everything in front of us. We, you know, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to talk about the SEC championship in a week, but you know, the, the tech game is very important. This is part of the revenge tour and to be able to go on the road and Hey, look, Georgia tech's playing for bowl eligibility next week. Um, they, they legitimately can really ruin our season and we can make them have the, the type of season that Georgia, we think Georgia tech should have, which is, you know, watching us play ball games. <laughs> With Georgia Tech giving up 500 yards to Duke yesterday and having a lackluster performance, and it's Paul Johnson, and he just looks completely uninspired, you kind of wonder, is that going to tick up the Georgia fan base just a little bit more to buy all the tickets because Tech fans are going to be selling them? And so, you know, if if that stadium holds 25,000 people, maybe there's <laughs> actually 18,000 people there. I mean, I, I know that they hold more than that, but it just seems that way. I mean, I really think this could be another, you know, Notre Dame, type esque uh, atmosphere to where it's and it could be even more than 50 50. I'm, I'm going to make that call right now just because of the exuberance and excitement that we Georgia fans have. I mean, I have not been to a game at Bobby Dodd, Mark Rick field in a long time and I'm going, so there there's a couple extra right there already. Yeah. We're all going. I'm excited about it. Yeah. That. We're all, we'll we'll all, all be there. Going. We'll all be there. We'll all be there. It'll be very fun. Yes. Well, I do want to say I ended up sitting by the American Whiskey guys. I didn't know if you saw that they were in town no. uh, this week. But a couple of the bartenders, like the general manager and the head bartender at American Whiskey, came down their first ever Georgia game. And uh, I didn't realize until I saw the red and black article on them this morning. Those guys were sitting right there by us. They were pretty oh, awesome. That's great. That's great. That's great. I, one of my, one of my, my the, the definitive, I, the American Whiskey guys. So there was a story of them in the red and black? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I have to check it out. Okay, well, well, good for those guys because, like, for me, uh, this is this is. So, are you guys ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for for this? Is the final charge? Like, this is there are literally two games left. If they win both of them, all sorts of exciting things are going to happen. Also, nothing else happened in college football on Saturday. Well, well, I think once Wisconsin beat Michigan, the idea of and Miami held on against Virginia, everything was all going to stay in place, which sets up for a pretty wild week to say the least next week otherwise goodbye seniors goodbye goodbye seniors awesome undefeated season at sanford same that is the first time that has happened since i live i moved to athens undefeated at sanford that in itself is for a year that was supposedly uh, this terrible home schedule it actually turned out to be a pretty good one and it turned out to be a very exciting one 
Yeah, I can't argue with that. Also, first time ever Georgia has blanked the has gone undefeated in the SEC East. So, to be fair, Illinois probably could have gone undefeated. Nope, that's not true. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Um, all right, gents. Well, until uh, until it's it's the I, I still don't understand. I've mentioned this to you guys before. I know that Georgia Tech is the hate week or the good old-fashioned hate week. To me, I say this to Georgia fans all the time, Georgia Tech is not worth your hate. They are beneath your hate. They are like Illinois hating Northwestern. You pity Georgia Tech. You mock Georgia Tech. Hating them is more energy than I think is necessary, but beating them is imperative. Very well Can't. said. Can't disagree. <laughs> All right, gents. Great game. We'll be back. Uh, we'll, we're going to figure out the preview show, how that works. But uh, otherwise, we'll at least be talking to you at some point before Thanksgiving. So otherwise, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to leave us a podcast review, that would be great. You can go to iTunes and do that. We will read it on the air in a future episode. If you want to reach out to our show via Twitter, our handle is at WSLS Podcast. So, like I said, it's Thanksgiving week. Hope you have a great one with your family. We will preview the Georgia-Georgia Tech game later this week. And until then, go dogs.